Hey everyone, welcome to Mark My Words, the only podcast for independent paint and hardware retailers. I'm your host, Mark Lipton. Thank you very much for joining me today. I want to continue to uh, do some coverage of the coronavirus outbreak and how it is affecting uh, the independent retailer channel, the independent paint and hardware retailer channel. And and so we've been doing a lot of work. I've been doing a lot of writing and some of my previous podcasts have all been from the perspective of the dealer, of the retailer, and, and that's continuing. That's that's going to continue to always be my focus, but there are other people playing in this space with us. The manufacturers, the distributors, and even the consumers are in this space with us, and the coronavirus uh, outbreak is going to change all of that as well. It's going to change the way we go to market. It's going to change the way we deal with our consumers. And it's even likely going to change the way we deal with the manufacturers that we buy from. And And so I thought I'd sort of expand my coverage and just get away from uh, sort of the hardcore stuff that I've been doing of what you can do in your stores to help yourself get through this and and expand that a little bit and and bring in some of the manufacturing partners that we're all dealing with. And so I've got a few things lined up in the coming weeks that I think you'll enjoy that'll open up your eyes a little bit, I hope, into what's going on outside of your stores and even outside of the independent retailer channel and into the halls of, of some of the other people that we're dealing with. And so I'm going to start today. I'm very lucky to have with me Ben Maybaugh. Uh, ben is the incoming president of Worcester Brush. And, and for anybody who's got an independent paint or hardware store, you know who Worcester Brush is. They're the 170-year-old uh, brush manufacturer there in Worcester, Ohio. They're a terrific corporate citizen in our space. They're a terrific corporate citizen in Ohio. One of the things that struck me uh, that Ben said, coming through this very difficult time, they have not had a layoff of an employee at Worcester Brush since 1954. And even going through this very difficult time, they are not planning any layoffs. And so that really impressed me. But there were other parts of this conversation that I thought were terrific and really impressive. So give Ben a listen, and I look forward to checking in with you on the next time. Thanks very much. So, hey, everyone. I'm here today with Ben Maybaugh. Ben is the incoming president of the Worcester Brush Company. Ben, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's good to have you on. I'm, I'm actually excited. You are the first one of these that I've ever done with a video uh, while recording. Usually, I'm either in a booth uh, or I'm just sitting here looking out my window. And so, this is <laughs> this is interesting. You look good. I'm glad I put on some clothes for you today. Had, had I... Had it been another day, we might have, this might not have gone so well for us. Right. Hopefully my voice is as handsome as what yes. you're saying. So. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You have a face for radio. So, <laughs> right. uh, Ben, why don't we start with, uh, uh, I know that the uh, position at Worcester is new for you. Why don't we start with a little bit of, of you know, your career and trajectory that led to becoming the new president of Worcester on May the 1st? Uh, sure. Yeah. My personal background, um, I actually started a new rubber made, uh, right in the school. So, um, which was at that time headquartered here in Worcester, uh, the rubber portion was, uh, worked in various sales and marketing roles, um, there at the start of my career for the first few years, went to Moen, um, the faucet company in between. And so had a couple of big branded, um, opportunities working with, with big brands, um, to start. And then, went to a smaller company, Waxman Consumer Products Group, um, up in the Cleveland area. I was going to say, you don't like to leave Ohio, do you? 
Yeah, no, I've been uh, I've been local, that's for sure. Yeah, so Waxman, I was there for for ten years um, and transitioned more into a sales role, and ultimately became vice president of sales there uh, before coming back to Worcester. But yeah, I'm a, a Worcester born and raised uh, guy, and uh, I've lived here most of my life, uh, with a with a couple of exceptions for jobs, moving around a little bit, but. But uh, for the most part, yeah, right here in Worcester, Ohio. So and and so you worked your way up through Worcester. You ended up becoming the president of the company, and and what an exciting time with everything happening so fabulously with the American economy right now. I'm sure you're looking forward to uh, beginning on Mar- on May the first. Yeah, exactly. Um, this is it was obviously been in the works for a little bit for a, for a while, right? Uh, but it's been interesting times uh, for sure for the change to to take place, but. Like anything, you know, uh, you don't expect a position to have uh, no issues whatsoever. So this is the first thing we get to deal with, yep. kind of, kind of uh, running right out of the gate. But we're we're surrounded with a good team here, and and there's lots of people helping make decisions. So uh, it's definitely doable. And so why don't you tell me a little bit about how things were going at Worcester before uh, the coronavirus pandemic, and then I want to, uh, you know, sort of transition to what response you guys have had to the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, sir, um, so obviously, you know, over the past uh, few years, um, we've had a strong economy in general, and and that's been a, a good benefit um, for Worcester Brush and. And we've had a lot of we have a lot of great customers um, that that uh, have been growing as well. And so we've been we've been doing our best to support our customers um, and helping them uh, kind of grow. And and that's where we um, have focused. So coming into the coronavirus situation, um, uh, we were we were um, getting stronger, and our customer base was getting stronger as well. And so um, that that led to a lot of optimism um, for the for the coming year for sure, even into the future. Um, the, the paint side of the business has changed a lot over time. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, that own it being owning your own paint store, yep. uh, it's, it's, uh, it's become, it's, it, it's becoming more condensed and condensed over time. And, and we really need to support this channel so that it stays strong and can fight some of the uh, bigger competitors that are out there like Sherwin Williams. And so tell me a little bit before we get into uh, what has Worcester done to how has Worcester been affected by this and what the response has been. Tell me a little bit about what your customer base looks like. Are you guys selling uh, just independent retailers? Are you selling primarily to independent retailers? I, I know the brand well. We actually sold it in my stores for many years. So I know your products well, but I don't I can't say I know much about the company and how you go to market. Uh, yeah, well, we we sell kind of really all channels um, to some to some extent. Uh, you'll find us in um, the paint channel specifically. That's where we're uh, we've been for a long time, and and we hope to be for a lot longer. Uh, we're we're in hardware stores uh, as well, and then home center hardware as well. So um, you won't find us really in mass much. Um, uh, and, and, uh, you won't find us in Sherwin Williams or things like that, but pretty much every other paint store carries some, some amount of Worcester. Right. And so you guys have a, a really intimate relationship with independent retailers. It sounds like we do. Yeah. Yeah. They, we have for a long time and, and we do our best to support them because they have supported us. You know, we're 169 years old. I know you are. Yeah. And, uh, and most of that history was a hundred percent with the paint channel, um, and, you know, obviously the market's changed over the last 25, 30 years um, from where it always had been. But, but yeah, we grew up with the paint stores. Um, and uh, so we're happy to keep growing with them as well. 
And so tell me a little bit about how this has, how the coronavirus outbreak has actually affected Worcester. I know that things in Ohio, because my daughter is out there, uh, uh, are different than they are here in New York. So how have you adjusted to this? Are you still producing product? What's actually going on in, in your offices right now? Yeah, so like everybody else, uh, we're making decisions as information is available. Um, and we're, you know, we're, we are making product and we've stayed, uh, kept shipping open. What, what we did about uh, five, six weeks ago now when it first hit was we shut down production for two weeks. Um, and we kept shipping open um, to keep our customers fulfilled and and, you know, I'll talk a little bit about our um, inventory philosophy, but we're, we're not a just-in-time inventory. We're a kind of a just-in-case. Right. Uh, we, keep in, we keep inventory, and so we were well-prepared um, to, to do things like this because, you know, we, we say we take pride in your results as kind of our, our slogan, and, and paint stores and, and our customers is one part of that. And so, you know, end users, we want to keep them happy, paint stores and, and uh, customers, we want to keep happy, and then our employees, that's who's whose reasons we take pride in. So from an inventory situation, we were able to kind of get through those two weeks without, without producing um, and ship without really much of a blip at all. Um, in those two weeks, what we did is we got our plant ready to produce products uh, following the guidelines of social distancing, putting in protective barriers, um, bringing in bottled water so that we didn't have to use drinking fountains, uh, and a thousand other things like that that we really um, took the time to make sure that when we brought our employees back, that they were um, as safe as we could possibly be. Right. Uh, and so um, right now we're still operating on volunteer um, basis from our employees. So we, we um, you know, what, what we talk about is we take pride in our employees and, and uh, many, many we um, uh, were able to stay home while others came in and worked and we're, we're kind of paying them kind of overtime wages to be here right now. And, and that's because we believe in them. And that's, and that's what's important um, is their livelihood. And so one of the questions I had for you, I've, I've actually not been in a lot of brush and roller manufacturing facilities. I've been in a lot of paint manufacturing facilities. And so I know big rooms sometimes can only have two or three or four people in them. And it's possible for one person to press a button and make, you know, 10 or 20,000 gallons of paint. And so social distancing is not really a problem for many of the paint manufacturers. Do you have that advantage as well? Or, or are you a little bit more challenged in that way? Yeah, we would be a lot more challenged than a, just a paint facility. Um, we have uh, 600 folks um, pretty much that are out in the factory and, and in the offices. But, um, you know, at any given time, there's quite a few folks out there. Yeah, that's um, a lot and, of people. And the and the and they're ne and they're next to each other uh, in a lot of areas. We 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 still make a lot of stuff is still very hands on here. Um, in order to I know, produce it, the quality that we do, it has to it kind of has to do that. So, yeah, that's for uh, brushes, right? You're talking about? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, and then even rollers, just we hand inspect almost every roller that comes off of uh, the machine to make sure that it's of the quality that we need. So there's a lot of there's a lot of situations where people can be near each other, but we've tried to limit those. Uh, as best we could. And, and then where we can't, we put up, you know, Lexon barriers in between them right. um, so they can see each other, but they can't sneeze on each other. Interact with each other physically. Yeah. Right. Exactly. No body fluids. Yeah. And so yeah. do you feel like from where you are now in the two weeks that you had, do you feel like you'll be able to keep production up as, as we start to come out of this, as your customers start to come out of this and start buying brushes and rollers again, will you be able to keep up? We do. Yeah. We feel like we're, we, because we came in in such a strong inventory position, it kind of gave us a little bit of a leg up 
Um, but we have had uh, a tremendous amount of um, our workers volunteer to come in during this time. And so we've been able to maintain pretty well. Um, it's not to the level that we normally like it, um, which is, which is, you know, having several months of inventory of each right. item. Uh, but we are still in a good inventory position, so we should be we should be pretty good going forward. Well, I have been nothing but impressed with the people of Ohio since my daughter first got there four years ago. So if anybody can figure out how to way to keep a way to keep making brushes and rollers, it would likely be the people of Ohio. So good for you guys for doing this. I think that's really really cool. Thanks, and we and we like to say we have some of the best people in Ohio as well. Um, our workforce is, is tremendous. We have longevity. Uh, we have many people with more than fifty years um, experience uh, that are still going. And so, um, you know, as we've grown, that the, the average number of years has come down, but we're still about fifteen years of average service wow. uh, for folks. But we have, you know, if you go out to our first shift facility, there are many. Uh, most have thirty or more years of. Uh, service to the companies so and so the, that. yeah they know how to get it done yeah and absolutely so let's talk a little bit about uh what's going on with your retailers right now so you guys must have a, a pretty large number of independent retailers as your as your customers uh, uh what's what's going on in those stores are you finding people are open are they buying brushes are they buying rollers what's been from your perspective yeah i think um it's been sales have been pretty solid um with, Can you say compared to, let's say, March or April of last year? Yeah, I think um, compared to March or April of last year, sales are um, sales in March were um, very strong compared to last year. April um, April has been um, pretty pretty good, but we had a very nice April last year. Okay. Um, so on the independence, it's pretty good. You know, most stores are not allowing foot traffic right now. Right. So a lot of it's curbside delivery. So things like applicators, sometimes you know they're definitely getting their paint and. Um, you know, sometimes an applicator can be an impulse purchase and um, depending on the, the type of customer. So, you know, we're not seeing 100 percent of the orders, but the stores that are open seem to be doing pretty well and holding their own. There are pockets of the country um, that are hit harder, like New York City, for instance. Yeah. New York the City is a wasteland. That, yeah. 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 The orders in that area uh, would be down. But, um, you know, primarily if people are open and, and even though they're doing curbside um, delivery, you know, painters are out there painting or. Um, you know, some homeowners as well um, are, are uh, diving into painting as well. So that's helping prop up a little bit. You know, I'm speaking to a lot of retailers around the country often at this point, as you can imagine. And one of the things that I am hearing is that retailers that had a, a very heavy retail focus in their business are doing better now than retailers that were making their uh, business through the, uh, you know, residential repaint, the pot and brush guy. That market, that segment of the market is really badly damaged, obviously. But retailers that are still open and, and doing retail business, people that are coming in and buying paint to, you know, paint the kitchen, paint the living room while they're home stuck anyway, I, I think they continue to do well. Yeah, absolutely. It seems it seems if the store has a little bit of a hardware um, focus yes. um, or that DIY focus, they seem to be a little stronger. But the paint stores are still holding their own. You know, every person is different. Um, and so every situation is unique, but they, but the painters, um, you know, some people don't want somebody else in their house right now. Right. Um, so that, that's where the, the professional market, um, is hurting a little bit, but there's lots of work out there. And I think people for the most part are staying busy, um, or, or pretty close to it, but I'm sure there are folks out there in every situation, you know, in certain parts of the cities or certain cities that are affected differently that are having, um, 
harder times, but you know, in general, it feels uh, like it's like it's okay, not great, but yeah. Okay. You know, it's interesting. I I have some friends of mine that are that are dealers uh, down south and uh, in less populated parts of the United States, some of the Midwest, and and frankly, they're they're seeing very little uh, re- results from, you know, or impacts from this. Obviously the retailers, my two stores were in New York. I know many of those retailers personally, those, those retailers are in really bad shape. Some of them have been closed, literally closed for a month. Uh, most of them are in the range of, of down 70, 80%. Some of them actually even more than that. Uh, that's very painful. Obviously the ones that do have some hardware, you're right. That that is an advantage, but uh, New York City has has made it very tough. They've basically come down and said, "Listen, if you're not essential, providing uh, stuff that is essential by a reasonable definition, then you're not going to be opened." And and so that closed the pain stores. Yeah, absolutely. And the the word essential has been thrown around a lot with governments yes. um, here lately, and it's hard to describe a paintbrush. Um, as you know, essential to life for sure. Right. Um, but but we are fortunate that we're able to stay open under the under the essential rules in Ohio um, because it keeps our folks working uh, and it keeps them producing and, and that's going to help you know keep the economy going as well as, as best we can. Obviously, safety right. is priority, but um, if we can keep um, parts of the economy going as well, that would be great. Right. So tell me, I had spoken to a number of retailers uh, who were uh, passing comments to me along the lines of what you said earlier, that some of the sundry sales are, are really lagging. They're actually seeing decent paint sales. Uh, they're seeing decent uh, decorator, designer type item sales that they're still able to maintain that. But some of the sundry stuff is is just not working because they're basically selling paint out on the street. They're just delivering paint out on the street. So how does Worcester help their retailers overcome that if they can well we're we're kind of working um with groups and and individuals differently i think you know like we talked about each person and each business is being affected differently in this situation and so each one has different needs or different ways that we might be able to um uh, help them and so our sales force has been out working with the customers um, each customer individually kind of helping them when 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 we can um you know, adjust to the, to the new norms. And, and that means different things for different people. You know, we have certain programs that are more contractor focused that, that are building steam right now where like the in-store stuff is kind of taking a hit. And so we're kind of, you know, trying to adjust and shift, shift tools so that uh, we can help the retailers uh, be as successful as possible in these times. Let's let's talk a little bit. So that's sort of where you guys are at now, and that's sort of a, a really good sketch. And I appreciate it of of sort of the experience that your dealers are having. Let's talk a little bit about how you see this as dealers start to reopen around the United States, and and even as the market, it must feel like it it can shift around you over the next coming months anyway. So let's talk about how you see the future a little bit for Worcester. Yeah, well, that's a, you know, it's an interesting thing. I wish we did have a the crystal ball for that perfect answer. But yes. I think you know what what we're somebody talking. accused me of having a crystal ball on my blog yesterday. By the way, well, that's good. That's that means you're saying the right thing. Yep, appreciate you got you got to appreciate that. Yep. But, um, yeah, I think you know what we what we think is going to happen um, is varied, but but to some degree, as stores start to come out of this, there's going to be pent up demand. So the so the professional. Um, painter, we feel like the the jobs that people are putting off, those are going to come back for the for the most part with unemployment and the things that have that the government has done to sort of prop people up. It's not that um, 
people individually have taken a huge hit. Now businesses, it, it can, it can feel different to different people, right. but your for your average worker out there that would hire a painter to come in and paint their um, house, uh, you know, they haven't taken a huge financial hit. So it's likely just pushing that demand back um, in some cases. And so we think once everything gets opened back up and people begin to feel comfortable again, that that professional painter business will kind of pick back up Um what the timeline of that is, is, is anyone's best guess. Yeah. And I think each individual person, again, I keep saying that but each individual, individual person will have, um, their comfort level. And so as they, uh, begin to feel comfortable to do things like go out into restaurants and, um, you know, go just out anywhere in general, uh, that's when they'll start allowing, you know, painters into their house again. And I think that's regional as well. Like I, I know what, what I'm experiencing here in New York, I'm in Stamford, Connecticut. Uh, what I'm experiencing here in New York Metro is not the same as what people are experiencing in other parts of the country. And, and there, there are some parts of the country where I think people would be comfortable with painters in their houses today. Right. And, and, and here in New York, that. we're probably looking at July before anybody would feel comfortable, uh, you know, doing that. Right. And, you know, in the Midwest, you know, as we're sitting here, it's easier because we're naturally spaced out more right. West than in a, in a city like New York, um, where, where people are just naturally on top of each other in buildings using the same elevators, you know, in, right. in Worcester, Ohio and places like it, right. you know, everybody's, you know, even if you're in an apartment, a lot of them are walk up apartments where, where not, there aren't a lot of common entrances and things like that. So people can kind of, um, socially distance a little easier. Um, even in your houses and things like that, you can go to a different room. Or right. In small New York apartments, uh, it's not, not necessarily the same. Yeah, it's been really hard to do that here. Here, even walking the streets, socially distancing is very difficult. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we go out, uh, uh, my fiance, Guy and I, will go out for a walk every afternoon and, and just on the streets around here, and I, I live in a neighborhood, but it's a it's a big city. You know, we're in a neighborhood in a big city. It's about 150,000 people. But just walking to the closest sort of big street, by the time you get there, yeah, there's people walking the streets and you have to walk around them. And I suspect that there's not a whole heck of a lot of that in, in of a problem in Worcester anyway. Yeah, uh, no, not not too much around here. Maybe at uh, the grocery store, right? Um, is is seems to be the main the main place where people are uh, in droves. Otherwise, it's uh, been pretty pretty lax. And what sort of opportunities? You know, I I always tell people when we talk about crises, there's winners and losers in every crisis. What sort of opportunities do you think that that this crisis can can bring to Worcester if you guys are are adept? Are there other things that you're looking at? Yeah, I think I think the two two big areas. Number one is um, you know morale with our employees. So we've tried to do everything we can do um, within our within our current situation to make our employees know that we appreciate them, um, and we do, and we always have, and we always will. But but we've we've done some things and laid out plans that to make them feel safe and make them not worry about where their next paycheck is going to come from or their next. Nice. Year might come from. And so, um, employee engagement has been one of the big focus areas because, you know, we want to do, we want to prove to them in hard times, uh, we're here for them so that in good times they're here for us as well. So, uh, we hope, we hope that that, um, I like it. Can I have a job? Yeah. 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 Hey, you're the, you're the kind of guy I want to work for. I like that. Yeah. Well, this, this place has been this way long before I got here. Yeah. So, um, it's one of the reasons that I came to work here. And so that, that's, uh, it's exciting to be a part of that. And it's, it's definitely 
uh, a little different because uh, we're about people more than we're about the bottom line. Uh, we want a good bottom line, obviously, obviously yeah. not, not at the cost of people. And so um, I'm a little sidetracked here, but we, we haven't laid anybody off since like 1954, amazing, uh, which, which is amazing. So even in the, you know, the late two thousands, when we went into recession, um, you know, nobody got laid off. We have, uh, we have a great benefit package. So, so there's lots of, lots of good. So we've tried, uh, throughout our history, throughout our 169 years to support our employees because, you know, they are what we are. Uh, that's why we're in business is, is, is for them. And so, um, so we've tried to try to do that. The second thing we try to do is, is help our retailers, um, where we can. So each one, again, like we talked about has individual needs. And so if in difficult time, we're able to help out, uh, help a customer through a difficult time with, or with whatever, what, and, and, you know, shipping them product is one thing that we've done is stayed open to ship them product. And we think that that's helpful, but, um, you know, there are lots of other ways that we, that we've tried in this particular time to help our retailers. Um, but we, we try to be a good partner, you know, 365 days of the year, whether we're in crisis or not. And, um, so, so that's been, that's been the second focus is, you know, how can we best help our customer base so that they come out of this as strong as they can? Um, and then how can we help our employees, uh, like we mentioned. And so Ben, let me ask you, I know selling direct to independent retailers is a big piece of your business, but I think if I'm not mistaken, you guys are, are very significant in, uh, the business with the, uh, the two-step, the, the, the distributors. Is that right? Uh, that is correct. Yeah, we have a lot of great distributor partners um, throughout the country that really help us um, ship, uh, you know, all sorts of customers. So, uh, you know, with freight, as freight's changed over time, um, distributors have played uh, an even more vital role uh, in our business. And so we, we have a lot of great distributor partners and, and it's it's really is a critical part of our business. And so what has been uh, the significant change there, if any? I would guess these are larger companies, maybe a little less needy in a crisis uh, uh, than than perhaps a smaller business. But what's been some of the significant changes that to that segment? Yeah, I think, you know, that, that segment has done a good job of managing their customer base um, and working with their customer base kind of in, in a global thing. And again, like we talked about, everybody, every pocket of the country is hit a little bit different. So uh, obviously a distributor, I keep saying New York because I'm referencing where you're from, but right. uh, distributors in New York would be having a much more difficult time now than a distributor in the Midwest or somewhere else right. um, that, that provides more Midwestern capabilities. So um, each distributor has been hit a little bit differently. Uh, I, I hate to give it a generic answer like that, but but in general, uh, they've been doing a great job of keeping their business going um, and they're out pushing. And so um, we've been fortunate to have the partners that we do in that area. And in, in that uh, area, just the, uh, the distributors, you don't see any significant changes coming to the market because of this. Well, you know, I think I think it'll be interesting to see what comes of the market. I think dot com obviously has become a bigger part of that. And a lot of the distributors play in different areas of dot com. Um, a lot of customers have .com that the distributors support or they support even uh, larger .com entities. And so I think as people have been staying home and ordering um, .com, the distributors have played a, a nice part in um, helping to keep that going. I think it's one of the areas that, they're, that they seem to be pretty strong in. Um, whether that trend continues once people feel comfortable again uh, remains to be seen. But I, I believe it, it probably won't. It's not going to be at the level it is now. 
um, but it's probably going to be higher than it was coming into the coronavirus on a, on a move forward basis. Right. And is there any sense at Worcester as as this, uh, you know, sort of changes all of our buying habits that your branding needs to be directed more to the consumer rather than the retailer? Because right now you guys are really branding to the retailer. You're trying to get a retailer's uh, uh you know, attention so that he or she will put you out and, and sell you as their brand. Is there any sense that, uh, that in this environment you may need to do something a little different? Sure. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the, one of the things that we've always tried to do, um, is support the industry. Uh, the paint industry is a great industry. And so for many, many years, we've supported advertisers in that part of the world. And those are being, you know, magazines and things that are being read by retailers and such, but yeah, uh, you know, um, we're looking at um, right now, we, we have actually gone through a rebranding process um, for our company. And so um, luckily I, w- I was able to be involved in that project and work. And we've done lots of things. Um, you can see in my background our new uh, logo there on the wall. Um, but we've also, we're also updating our packaging into the marketplace. And what we're trying to do is make it more u- end user friendly. So um, if, we, if a painter is looking at this sea of product on the wall, you know, why should they choose each individual brush? Um, and we hope that by making our packaging a little more user-friendly, that they'll also start to choose Worcester more and more often. Um, and so just what you said, that's exactly what we're trying to do. Is we're trying to make our brand um, resonate the most with end users. Um, retailers, we, we believe we have a, a, a great partnership with all, almost all of our retailers, and we try to do the best we can. And if we can get a little bit closer to the end user, um, that's obviously key to, to long-term success. We've done a lot of things, um, to get, you know, closer to the contractor because contractors are, are ultimately the folks that are using paintbrushes every single day. Yeah. They're the and, decision makers, particularly in your sphere, you know, a uh, uh, uh customer, uh, a, a consumer who's hired a painter to come in and paint their living room might say, use Sharon Williams, use Benjamin Moore, use Pratt and Lambert, but they're not going to say what brush to use. Right. And, and and unless so they're smart. unless they're smart, but <laughs> right. But, but then, so that really makes the consumer of your product. It really makes that the, the residential painter or the painting contractor. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, I'm obviously joking about the person being smart or not right, by, right. by the brush they use. But, uh, but yeah, it is the con the contractor that uses our product um, every day also feels the benefit of what that quality does for them. Right. Um, you know, they're the folks that, that, are painting every day. So the faster they can trim, the faster they can roll a wall um, and have high quality results, the better off they are. It's, it's, it's really about ROI for them, um, what they can spend their time doing and the results they get. So using an inferior product versus a high quality Worcester product um, actually costs them money. Uh, in right. the end. And so if we can get that message out to them and, and, and most of the time, once we get a, a Worcester product in their hand, uh, they, they we do a pretty good job. We have a high success rate. It's right. just getting them, getting it in their hand that, that first time. Um, that's the, the trickiest part. And so that's what we've been focused on for sure. So that's a great place to end it right there, if you don't mind. So Ben Maybaugh, the president of the Worcester Brush Company, thank you so much for joining me today and, and sharing your insights uh, on, on Worcester Brush and what's going on in this industry. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot. I appreciate the time. And, you know, on behalf of the 600 plus people here at Worcester Brush, uh, we want to thank you and really the whole industry uh, that you support here for supporting Worcester for, you know, the first 169 years of our uh, existence. And we hope that it continues. You know, if we, if we could just ask for your support for the next 169, 
uh, that would be appreciated. All righty. Well, I don't know about 169, but I'll give you the next 30 or 40 I got. I've always been a big fan of your company. So uh, we'll take it. We'll take it. Thank uh, you very much. So that's our episode for today. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Mark My Words podcast. I'm your host, Mark Lipton, and you can hear this podcast. You can like, subscribe, review this podcast at the Apple Podcast Store, SoundCloud, Blueberry, or on Stitcher.